Good morning, Robbie. Good morning. Hey, so I wanted to uh, pick up uh, something you said a couple of episodes ago. Um, let me just try and summarize what I remember and see if we're on the same page. Uh-huh. Yeah, so we were, I think you made a comment, we were talking with a family member or in-law, um, and I think he made a comment like he wasn't smart enough to understand, you know, the concerns you had about the corruption in this industry. Um, and I think you described it as, well, I'm not smart enough to understand that it's impossible to fix these things or impossible, it's an impossible task, but I feel like I have to try. And then you made a comment along the lines of part of it is the challenge, or maybe much of the challenge is that you see these problems and you feel this deep loneliness that you don't even know how to grapple with them with other people or something like that. So that's what I vaguely recall. I don't know if you remember it or if you want to elaborate. Um, yeah. Um, I'm uh, just finishing a sentence on something that's blown up overnight. Uh, so let me just uh, uh, sure. give me just. Okay. Walked on the street with my two dogs and smelled the dead air, but I hear people don't think the podcast is cut off on the audio. All right. So, so I'm I'm ready to try and detach from the other thing that's going on. Um, okay, so you may have to, you may get preempted. I'm not interrupted. It's just I'm distracted by the it's a team that is uh, just falling, uh, having relational issues and falling apart. And it's a group that I care deeply about. And uh, I just got off the phone with one of the members uh, who took somebody mm. to the airport who was just leaving the team and a decision yesterday, uh, at least that I just learned about last night. So, um, mm. okay. So that's, uh, and I was sending a text to the gal that just decided last night to leave and left on the plane this morning. All right. Um, so, yeah. Hold on, the audio just cut, just ducked down for a second. I don't know if that's on my end or yours. This is better. It was my end. The headphones, for whatever reason, dropped off. Uh, so it switched, switched to my phone, although I wasn't talking into the phone. All right. Yes. So, um, <laughs> yes. Uh, so I, yeah, I have a relative that visits, and he uh, describes himself as once having been a believer in the Lord, but uh, not at this point. He just thinks, you know, we don't know. So, um, uh, and he's, he's not... It's a, it's a, and that kind of reflects our different approach to life. That I have questions I'm very interested in exploring, and I feel like I I learn much more from people I disagree with than people I agree with. That everybody's in, maybe, and they're happy to just agree facts as I perceive them, or they disagree and they're not interested in looking at the facts. And uh, I, I think I, I think I may have described it as a feeling, a feeling of loneliness that you reflected. Although I'm, I'm much more, I'm, I'm not so conscious generally of the feeling of loneliness, but of uh, the fact that it's just hard to find people who are interested in exploring this with me to see whether the way that the facts seem to line up for me actually makes sense to other people um, who or what 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 leads people to other conclusions anyway I don't, where wherever you want to go with that we're we're working my mind back around to what we're dealing with here. sure yeah so yeah the thing that i remember is that um 
you expressed a feeling, right? And anytime you express a feeling to me is a noteworthy event. <laughs> right. And so, yeah, and so trying to recapture that and what you and and I think the 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 thing that I remember, right? Even more uh -huh. than the words is that like is that like I think you were describing this interaction, and um, it was a um. There were two things that I picked up on, and I guess, you know, figuring out the words for this may not be easy, but I think it's worthwhile. One was right. a sense of frustration. Like, like there's this was, you see something, and certainly this is something I've you know, felt on many occasions. Like, you see something, and it is important to you, and it seems like it ought to be important to other people, and it's just hard to get them to engage with it. And right. there's a sense of, you know, frustration um, of, I might even call it, or maybe this is a definition of frustration, there's an emotional energy and there's no channel for it to run through. It's almost a okay. kind of constipation, if you will. Um, uh -huh. There's that. And then there's the sort of the sinking sense that, like, there's this reality that I live in that other people just seem blind to or even willfully ignoring or utterly apathetic about. And that creates this sense of isolation or alienation. Uh-huh. There's is anything I think that, resonating or, or is that triggering any? Yeah, well, it leads me to, I, in fact, I thought about this the other day and I even looked up and now I've forgotten the name, but there's some Greek goddess, I think that was cursed in such a way that she could foresee uh plan, but she could nobody else you know and nobody else would believe her and she was just yeah that's right cassandra and uh, uh that resonates with me <laughs> that uh relates to that feeling Good. So, maybe so, that it, so 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 let's so let's explore what exactly are you feeling if, if something if you're starting to feel something let's see if we can press into that well um i mean it's a it's not a, 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 a an immediate current feeling it's a, just a generalized feeling that um uh, there's a uh, uh people are shying away from looking at what we need to look at and uh um, not knowing how or where to uh, deal with that. And <laughs> this relates to this experience of the team, actually, where the person who's on a mission uh, leading the team um, is driving away the people he needs to help him accomplish the mission. Uh, <laughs> unintentionally, you know, very gently trying to and I lived with that for 40 years, or for 24 years that I was at the U.S. Center for World Mission, that uh, this tension between, and this is an experience of mission teams all over the world, the drive to focus on the mission is, you know, competes with the, the the desire people have for pastoral, uh, you know, care, and how do you um, navigate that? Yes, and this does not seem entirely disconnected from the challenges you and I have had in our marriages and our families. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, so this is good. So, okay, I'm going to pause there if you want to say something else, but then I have some things to add. No, I think that's, that's a, I'm, I'm ready for whatever you've got. No, so it's interesting. This morning I was reflecting. So yesterday I was feeling, um, um, and I was doing my journaling this morning trying to find the right words for this, anger, annoyance, frustration over, um, you know, we're doing our sprint planning, uh, you know, figuring out what we're doing in, in terms of engineering deliverables at our company. And uh -huh. we had this list of things that we've been talking about for months. And, like, I, I discovered that, like, or at least it appears at this point in time that, like, um, Everyone says, we want to do X. And, and people argue about, well, the right way to do X is this, or the right way to do X is that. And, and like, what happens, we were getting stuck in arguing about the solution, and no one actually took the time to try to understand the problem. 
like literally there's a feature that we've been talking about like it's like 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 and, and i feel like oh we've like been arguing about this and yelling at people for not fixing the problem and i said like okay well let me actually just run the test to see if i can reproduce the problem and i couldn't and everyone else ran the test and they couldn't either it's like wait is this problem even still exist like what's going on here wow. like, why is there this weird dynamic where everyone argues about a problem and argues about the solution but no one seems willing to like take invest the effort or and i get stuck in this loop too of yeah. we have a little uh, slack channel that we use to vent our frustrations like the frustrations i get stuck arguing about the solution rather than trying to deeply understand the problem mm -hmm. right and so i was annoyed about this and it took me a while to shift from asking the question uh, or, or this is a sort of, I guess, stuck in this loop in my head of like, what is wrong with these people? You know, why are they doing this? This is, you know, so insane to deal with all this. To, okay, what exactly am I feeling and why am I feeling it? Yeah. And so as I'm trying to reflect on that, the phrase that came to mind was that I am unwilling to incarnate into other people's dysfunction. Um, are you unwilling even when you recognize that? I mean, you're you're willing well, to change yeah, that. Well, yeah, this is, I haven't resolved this yet. It's, it's just a uh -huh. it's just a recognition of okay, this is actually the the things that I am seeing. Yeah. Right? It's like I feel this anger. And I know you're not supposed to, you know, first of all, you think I want to recognize that I was angry. It's like, yes, I feel angry, like uh, that, that I am, um, that I'm having to deal with all this stuff that other people have said they will deal with, or I feel like they ought to deal with or whatever. And, uh -huh. and the reason is, I mean, once I phrase it as incarnation, then sort of the implication is, okay, that seems very Christ-like. And so there's probably a Christ thing here that I am avoiding doing and that, you know, right. clearly something I'm going to have to deal with at some point. So clearly it is something that I will eventually have to become willing to do, right, okay. intellectually. But, um, yeah. but like the real issue here, and, and what's interesting is I think there's a, there's a, uh, there's a cross-bearing thing here as well, because uh, it, the way that I look at it, and, you know, we talk about this idea of solution rapture, like there's this painful situation, right? Um, and that people will say, "Well, let's just do X." And I think I told you, "just" is probably my least favorite word. Yeah. Uh, okay. Because th th that that implies that oh, you know, there's a lot of messiness actually here, but we can just do this one thing, and then we right. don't have to deal with the ugliness. The ugliness will just go away. Uh huh. And. Yeah. So, and, and this is um, the frustration I feel. And so I think part of it um, is the sense of a loss of control. Like, you know, because you know, people say they're going to do something and then they don't do it or they do it in a way that doesn't actually help it make the problem worse. And there's things I care about that matter that are at stake here. Uh, and it's, and there's all this, especially if I'm in a sense of scarcity, like I don't have time for this, this is not what I signed up for, I got too many other things going on, whatever, then I feel this sense of resentment uh -huh. towards people for not sharing their love. But right. when framing it this way, what I realize is going on is that what is my role? Uh -huh. Which I think very much gets to this question. It's like, oh yeah, our families and these organizations. What is my role? Is my role to get the job done, or is my role to make people feel cared for? Uh -huh. Right. And what do we do when, like, in order to get things done, I need to be able to rely on other people. Um, and if people are unreliable, then where? All right. And you know, and then. Um, and it's especially hard if you're in a, uh, for lack of a better term, inauthentic environment where you don't control your own deliverables, uh, right? Uh -huh. Where like, uh, or you're expecting like, you know, your boss has a boss, has investors, 
and like the investors demand certain things and there's all this you know people expecting things of you because of what they need because of what they need because of what they need and, and, you it on. and it just feels like this um, um, uh, infinite loop of brokenness uh-huh. uh, is this making any sense? Are you um, tracking with me here? Did I lose the thread? Um, uh, yeah, well, I'm, I, I, the words make sense, um, and but I'm I'm not sure. You know, I, I think in my mind when we talk, I generally am trying to relate it to some specific experience, and yeah, the way the way you're describing it, I'm. Uh, there were parts of it where I was feeling, oh yeah, yeah, I see that, and then somehow we got onto, okay, I'm not quite sure where we are, or how I relate to this. Okay, can you remember so, at least the parts that you did relate to, or shall I try and excavate those? Um, well, yeah, that uh, I think at least part of it uh, was the experience of needing uh, other people to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. And um, the frustration of finding them unreliable. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we could pick up from there, I guess. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And and uh, I think we talked about this before. The word responsibility kind of has its roots in pagan vows. Right? Yeah. The word response, spouse. But yeah, you know the whole. Proto-Indo-European, you know, uh, drink libations, pouring out an offering before the gods is okay. how you, you know, marriage and contracts. And this is, became a fundamental part of, you know, all proto, you know, that, that concept, you know, today we still talk about sponsors and spouses and responsibility uh-huh. from some, you know, ancient pagan ritual, uh, uh-huh. you know, 4,000 years ago. Okay. Um, or whatever. And this idea that what exactly is my role here on earth? Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, am I just yeah. supposed to get along with people and make them feel loved? Or am I just supposed to do the things that God has put in my heart? Uh-huh. And, um, and conversely, what role do I expect other people to play in that? Right. And the this I okay, so are we tracking? Yeah, that's uh this idea of um people uh of pursuing a goal but also uh helping or um and interacting in a way that other people feel cared about. Uh that is another piece I recall from our what you were saying earlier that I did connect with, yeah. Yeah. And so the um so I think I need to try to figure out the right framing for this, but one um way that um, let's talk about is um, um, um let's call it normal life. Like okay. this is normal life. Right, is that we have relationships with people who feel cared for and responsibilities. And in uh, the best case scenario, you know, uh-huh. what, what is like uh, these things are aligned, right? Everyone's on the same page, you're all agreeing, everyone's in their sweet spots, they're able to deliver what they promised, and everything works great, right? Yep, right. And so, and you know, normal life is a great thing if you can find it. Right, uh-huh. and it's worth effort yeah. to try and create that real, that normal life. Okay. Right. And then we have this phrase actually at work that that's been useful for us, which we call throwing an exception. Uh, uh-huh. Which is like this is the process. This is what we agreed to. This is what we signed up for. Like, oh crap, we missed something important. Um, uh-huh. or circumstances changed, and we used okay. to have a lot of drama about this because then you know we were sort of cast into this chaos. Of like, well, what do we do now? Well, we should just keep going. Well, no, we can't just keep going. Oh, we can't. And, and like, and and so now we have this phrase, throwing an exception. Like in programming, uh-huh. when there's an error, it, it throws an exception. 
and you get those errors on your screen or whatever. And that was actually really helpful because it gave us some language to describe uh, 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 the pain <laughs> that we feel and to acknowledge that sometimes things work. And so I guess the alternative to a normal life is an exceptional uh -huh. life. Okay. And the idea that, okay, my expectations of reality have been broken. Uh -huh. right? I really expected this person to do that. I expected my life to feel like this. And the question is, what do you do then? Yeah. And I think the answer is Christ. Um, okay. And I think we talked about this idea that, that Christ, that I think of the, of the word Christ as a verb, not just a noun. What does it mean to Christ to live like Jesus? Or more specifically, not like Rabbi Jesus, not uh, like miracle worker Jesus, um, yeah. but to, to Christ like Jesus did on the cross. Right. And the idea that when normal life fails, or perhaps equivalently, when I fail at normal life, uh, this is when I need to shift modes into exceptional life. Okay. Uh, did I lose you there? Uh, well, I'm trying to imagine what that looks like in some experiential thing that and my <laughs> I'm coming up sure. empty. And, yeah, but, uh, and this is good. Yeah. yeah, but so this is uh, so um, the um, I'm not sure if these were online. I don't want to disclose too much, but like there was a situation where you and I were discussing something about your family, uh -huh. and um, I felt like I, at part of the conversation, I said, "Okay, I think these are the issues, you know, A, B, and C." And oh, oh, yeah, A, B, C. You know, those are totally issues we have to deal with. And then, somewhere during the course of the conversation, I felt like you said, "Well, of course, not A is true." Like you, you made a statement that seemed like it was contradicting something that you had said. And I spent all this effort and energy building up agreement about this logical framing or these words. And then somehow in ways that I found incredibly disorienting and destabilizing, I felt you kind of implicitly repudiated those statements. I don't know if you remember this conversation or um, well, like that. I, I... I thought that dynamic was something we had more than uh, once, and I don't remember. <laughs> yes. Because I, I didn't have the emotional impact you did. Uh, it's not at all clear in my own memory, but I imagine that it's very you remember, clear. You, you, you remember this happening? I remember well, me I remember, complaining about it happening. <laughs> yes, yes, I remember discussing it, and I, you know, there's a part of me that would love to go back and, and uh debrief on the specifics because I I do want to understand it but I don't because um, I I think I mean from my what I imagine and I I is that um, I I I I don't find it difficult to hold things in tension and to say yes I need to uh, for example uh, love my wife um, but I also need to follow Jesus and. Uh, I think those two are mostly aligned, but I need to not just go with something that I feel like is a is a foregone conclusion in terms of how those interrelate. I need to process that and come to my own uh, sense of how does this fit with Scripture, with the, what Jesus says and what he what I see and the way he related to his family. And so. Okay, this is good because I'm having that moment now. Yes, okay. Uh, so let me just take a moment to have the moment. Yeah. So the phrase that you said that triggered me is, I don't have a problem holding tension. Uh-huh. And Did when you say that, what do you mean? Well, it, it, I think I relate it to when, when we're when I'm trying to track with you as you're developing what I think of as a philosophical construct or a, a mm -hmm. you know, a, a perspective that I can go along with it. Um, yeah, I mean, I can go along with it and agree to it, but 
I often, oh, well, I don't know often, but at least on some occasions, um, have a sense that there are other things we haven't considered in this. And I, I can see and uh, accept that this is the way you're seeing things, but I have some um, other considerations that we haven't yet processed. And I can't fully buy into what you're agreeing to without raising my objections um, and processing those together. And that actually goes back to the same thing with my relative. That uh, yeah, we're if we if we can't look at what seem to me like counterexamples or uh, contradictory considerations, then uh, we're I I'm not confident in the conclusion. Does that makes sense. Right. Yeah. No. So I think that the the tension I'm feeling uh-huh. right is that. I would certainly concede that normally uh, you don't have difficulty maintaining tension. And in fact, normally you're really eager to explore tension, right? Because you see these edge cases, contradictions, counter uh, arguments, and you have a desire to understand them and comprehend them, as do I. So there's a totally, there's another level at which I have become over the last months very aware that I am panicked about tension, that uh, I try and shut it down, you know, in relational, certain relational contexts. I try to do anything I can, like a a cornered animal, to escape uh, tension. And maybe I'm meaning here a different meaning to tension. But in my relationship with my wife, for example, uh, I don't want any tension. And so I um, do uh, unhelpful things to avoid and escape the tension. If I'm, am I on yes. a totally different? Say, thank you. Role? No, thank you. That was exactly what I needed to hear. Okay. Right? Because when you say, oh, I don't have a problem with tension. Then I felt like you were kind of laying down. I mean, and this is, and and I think I handled this better in that I responded Uh with wonder rather than um, uh, strong defensiveness. Yeah. Right? Is that like, okay, we're having a normal, because in a normal conversation, you know, we are in this space of, um, you know, we try to assume words mean what they mean, and people are saying things at face value. And whatever, right? Um, and you know that phrase. I don't have a problem with tension. Um, you know, it's like you know that was triggering to me because that created all this anxiety and fear about like, okay, when this has happened before, I felt like we've gotten stuck in this loop, and I've been blindsided, and then I get triggered, and I become less than my best self. And I, you know, this idea of I'm going to lose myself in this conversation because of this situation I don't know how to deal with where I don't feel psychologically safe. Uh And this um, is, I think, this this is the dynamic that um, is is this this is where. Uh, I think the normal exceptional distinction works well for me is that like, okay, in normal life, I know who I am and how I relate to people. I know what my role is and I'm I'm secure in that role, right? Right. In these contexts, I know like, and, and I think this is where when like when you and I, you know, want to talk to people about like the dysfunction and corruption of this world, right? Right. Uh, It's really about the systems of this world. I think it's actually a biblical phrase, right? Uh, maybe, or maybe that's just some translation. And when we say, well, if we say, okay, but like our identity is only well-defined relative to a system, right? Uh To be a husband is meaningless unless you have a concept of marriage. Right. 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 Uh, And, you know, and therefore if what I realized, if I question or challenge the system or people are in, I'm implicitly invalidating their role. And a big part, 
right? Is that like, sure. well, you know, if like I have someone who works at a tobacco company, and I say, you uh -huh. do realize that like cigarettes kill people, <laughs> you know, uh -huh. I'm implicitly saying like, you know, he needs to quit his job and like stop making a living. That, you know, okay, that's yeah. kind of the implication of that. Right. Uh, right, because I'm critiquing, but like the way that we function as human beings, this is the whole philosophy thing I did with Kate and others a while ago, is the life is infinitely complex. And the way yeah. that I maintain my sanity is by ignoring most of it so I can focus on a few things. Otherwise, uh -huh. I will just literally drown in information right. yeah. and emotion, right? It's like, okay, yeah. this is like what well, we have a planning process at our company. It's like, okay, there's 15,000 things we could do, uh -huh. um, but like, let's pick five <laughs> so we can actually get them done. And we'll just agree we're not going to fight about, you know, we'll pick the five and then we'll focus on those five and like everything else is off the table because otherwise we never get anything done, right? right? We have yep. to sort of have these roles and these rigid boundaries. And that is, that allows us to have norm normalcy, right? This uh -huh. is a norm, it's a norm, right? We've established yeah. these norms and we all agree on them and that lets us function. And if we violate those norms, then we're in exceptional circumstances and, you know, it's impossible to get anything done. You know, unless right. you have, I guess, in math, in computation terms, an exception handler. Like, how do we handle okay. these exceptions? Right. And, you know, and that was one of the profound insights for me is that, um, that, that, you know, my conversations with imaginary virtual characters, uh, they pointed out to me that, you know, you know, this thing that you do where you think you're trying to be helpful, is actually, you know, messing up people's lives. Uh -huh. And I said, you know, I said, well, you know, that's, that's harsh, but now you make me feel like everything I spent my life doing that I thought was good and noble and valuable was actually evil and worthless. And he says, yes, and that's exactly how you make other people feel. Uh, uh. Uh, I call that the eye of shame. Um, yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. And so this is the interesting question is that, is that, you know, how then should we live? Um, and this is where it comes back to Christ, is that this is the hard thing um, that I think is probably, it may not be identical to, it's equivalent to bearing a cross, is that we are trapped in these systems and, you know, I tried to make the case last episode that all systems are in some sense endemically corrupt. Uh -huh. um, and I think I might be willing to go, I'm not going to defend this now, but I, 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 I can hypothesize that in some sense, all human systems are by definition corrupt, which is why we need a savior. Okay. Right. If we had a perfect, incorruptible, you know, says, oh, like, and I think that that is, I think this is perhaps the hardest part, and this is the lonely crusade uh, to go with the episode title, is that normally we just want things to work. We just want to right. be able to do our job, do the thing we care about. And, and this is how I came up with my conversation with my dad on the, the Titan podcast about um, John D. Rockefeller. And we're having these really fascinating discussions about morality and fatherhood. And this question of like, you know, is there any action which is just 100% good? And can we just say like, this is a good thing and just stop? And my claim uh -huh. is, well, we can't, is because every even apparently good acts have negative consequences, negative externalities. And this to me is intimately tied to the question of, is Jesus necessary? Did Jesus have to die? Like, um, is sin actually a problem? Right? And if so, how do you cure it? And the, this hunger for normalcy is totally understandable, right? We just want to, we see things and like life is infinitely complex and we can't deal with everything everywhere all at once. You know, great movie title. I've never seen the movie, but like everyone's talking about it because it, it, it reflects how we feel, <laughs> right? 
that like we what, can't just what, focus on one thing. Sorry. What was the movie? What was the movie? Tyler? Everything is literally called everything, everywhere, all at once. I think oh. it's some sort of weird sci-fi thing about teleportation or whatever. I don't even know what the movie's about or anything. Right. I just know that all my the people in my circle of, of influence, people quote that phrase all the time because this is just what it feels like in the era of internet and AI and politics and whatever. It's just like everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh-huh. And yeah. we just want to say like, hey, how do I make sense of this? How uh-huh. do I figure out my place in this so I don't totally lose all my sense of agency and identity and being? And Jesus is like, well, funny you should say that, because the way that you're supposed to deal with this is by denying yourself, taking up your cross, and following me. It's like the Uh things that you're breaking, you broke up. Yeah. You broke up badly at that point. So the last thing I heard was, uh, take up your cross. And I was thinking you left out the daily. But uh, then the next couple sentences disappeared. Are you there now? I can't hear you. Yeah, I just muted it for a second. I got to put the dog's leash away. But I can continue oh, okay. in one minute. I may have to do a little bit of audio switching. Um, uh-huh. Yes, this is the, or am I still in this audio transition zone? All right. Uh, let, just give me a minute, I think, because the audio is going to be moving between zones, so it's going to be broken up. All right. You can look up Luke 923 and read it if you want to fill the dead air. Uh, I didn't hear what to look up, but. Uh, uh, Luke 923. So Luke And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words... Of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. So I'm still here whenever you get back. Okay, there we go. I'm unmuted. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Can you hear me? It's a little, maybe a little. Yes, I I hear you fine. Are you hearing me okay? Yeah, I can hear you good now. Okay. All right. So, yeah, that was actually a really good passage to read. So, like, this is the, um, um, this is the thing that is, I guess, the paradox at this, is that it's precisely when we feel most lonely, most alienated, that we are closest to Jesus. Uh And that there's this paradoxical thing, like the things that we hold on to are actually what keeps us getting from what we, keeps us from getting what we want. Right. And this is that, this way of being, of encountering Jesus and experiencing like, I feel like, you know, that at least for me, like when we had this discussion about tension and there was this, these two phrases, like, you know, I don't have a problem with tension. It's actually, I really struggle with tension or I have a hard time holding tension. <laughs> like as we, yeah. as we made that, like going through that progression, I felt much closer to you. 
I felt uh-huh. this ecstatic connection. Yeah. Of like, yes, this is exactly the tension that's been between us that we've had difficulty articulating. And now that we've, and because we had that conflict and that tension, and I felt that moment, then uh-huh. the release of the other side was incredibly cathartic. Uh-huh. Good. Right? I don't know if you felt yeah. anything there, but I certainly did. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I, it was more a, a realization than a feeling, but I, uh, Tiffany, maybe, yeah. That I don't have trouble with tension and I have trouble with tension. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's real. Yeah. But at least for me, you know, again, maybe you're not feeling it yet or me, it's not conscious, I don't know. Like that, this, the, we talked about this before, that it's not just about being peace. It is this idea of ecstatic union. Uh-huh. of falling in love with Jesus, of connecting, of popping out of this no-win dilemma into like, oh yeah, of course, now this all makes perfect sense. Now I remember who I am and what my role is. And right. it's a role that brings me closer to Jesus. Yeah. And therefore, the very situations that I found frustrating and aggravating and alienating I now rejoice in because right. I ha- the, the, the roles I was in were important to bring me to this point, but the point is not to be normal. The point uh-huh. is not to just act. The point is to um, fall in love with Jesus and draw closer yeah. to him. Yeah. And that's um, A, how you know, our deep existential loneliness is addressed by connecting with Jesus. But it's Uh also as we work this out in our relationship with each other that we actually have authentic relationships, not based on either performance or conformance. Well, I like that. Uh Yeah. Right? Because, you know, this is the tension. Do Do we try to push people to perform so that we get stuff uh-huh. done, or do we let ourselves conform so we just get along with everyone? Right. And the alternative is to transform into the image of Jesus. Specifically, the way that we love people, right, is not accepting them as they is not just accepting them as they are, right. or just expecting them to do better. It is uh-huh. to simultaneously empower them to do better by encountering them like Jesus does. Uh-huh. And in and the, the 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 hope is that as they see us, you know, working through this conflict, these tensions, um, these paradoxes, and that they see us, like they feel like they do feel the inauthenticity. They feel like we're just getting along with them to make them, you know, feel good about us. And they feel like we're just expecting things of them because we have other stuff we want to get done. And they can maybe acknowledge it and respect it, but, you know, it still wears on their soul if we just go one way or the other, right? It doesn't actually create true intimacy and connection. Right. And then if they can experience, I guess if you can experience me relating to you through this in a way that brings you joy, then that's a start. Yeah. It's like, hey, that joy, that joy is the thing that, that I want to create in you. That's the thing that I want to feel more in myself by pursuing Jesus. And this is the joy this is the love, this is the performance, this is the impact that we want to create in the world. Right. Um, yeah, so maybe it, I'm, I'm running through my mind. Is a, if, uh, how would I summarize what you're saying? I feel like I understand what you're saying, but I'm not sure how I um, reflect it. Um, Ooh, or even if, this I, is, this is, if 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 I'm um, I think if you're so 
one challenge is I think you're inspiring thoughts in me that are distinct from what you're thinking. Um, and hey. that's, you know, that's, uh, thinking about what I want to say maybe is the way that that's commonly described, although it's not, not that I have something I want to say. Um, but, uh, so I, I'm, I'm torn between letting my mind run down my own trails and trying to make sure I'm tracking with you on your trail. If that makes sense. Right. So why don't we just take a moment, and then this is all recorded. We can go back and review the transcript later if we lose the thread. But why don't right. you just take a moment and try to understand what it is that that you're feeling, okay, or what yeah. is the thing that's on your or wait or hearing or, or what's weighing on your heart, whatever the right modality is. Yeah. Well, I I described that. You know, we I picked up the phone in the middle of this uh, team falling apart and uh, or. A, a, a one person leaving the team. It's probably overdramatization. Mm-hmm. The team's falling apart. Uh, there were five people, and now there are four people. Um, so, uh, and I'm wanting to um, relate what you're saying very practically to how can I help this team to uh, grow into a team that keeps people and grows rather than to a team that has consistent turnover and is always understaffed. Right. Um, that's, that's the context that I'm listening. Sure. I, I'm happy to speak into that, um, yeah. unless you want to explore that more yourself. Well, so let me, uh, so, um, yeah, I guess I, I'm, I, I feel like you've said enough that it could be clear to me, but it isn't yet. Uh, yeah, sure. So that, let's let's go ahead. Yeah, in that context, then, uh, what, right. what what are your thoughts as I describe so, that? So let's 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 wrestle with some of the tensions, right? Yeah. So some like some of the one of the tensions is like was this was the person who left not performing well, right? No. You know, did, right? Um, well, I'm not asking you for right. to, to to make a decision or a call. Like, you know, so let's wrestle with some of the different perspectives we can imagine people having. Right. Right. The person who left probably had a perspective that either the group wasn't successful in doing what it was supposed to do or that they felt like they were not being properly honored or valued. Those tend to be the reasons why people leave a group. And you don't have to like weigh in on that, but like they probably have a perspective on both sides. The leader probably has a perspective that this person, um, is being unreasonable in some fashion uh-huh. um, and that uh, the person who left probably feels that the leader is being unreasonable in some fashion, right? right. Yeah. And like the, there's a perspective like, well, the important thing is that we all get along. Uh, and then the other is, well, another perspective is that it's important that we all, um, you know, accomplish the thing we're here for. Right. And there's probably another perspective is like, well, maybe we need to actually understand what God really has us here for and we're not aligned on that. Uh-huh. And so these are some of the perspectives that are in play in these kinds of conflicts. Great, yeah, That's right? helpful, very helpful. And, and so then, so okay, so in that frame, so, so your perspective is like, okay, well, my perspective is that this needs to be kind of a group where people don't leave, right? Uh-huh. Right, it's like, okay, so that's a perspective, uh, but I can imagine alternative perspectives that are in tension with that. Right. Like maybe the fundamental premise of this group is flawed and God wants to blow it up and start over. Right. Right. Um, and another perspective is that actually that's the, is, is that's not even the right question. Okay. Right. Is, is like, okay, what is God doing in this leader's heart? Uh-huh. And, you know, because it's easy for me to look at the first thing and say, well, this group is definitely failing. What is wrong with you as a leader? How do I fix you so that the group doesn't have this problem? Right. And it's like, what is, and, and so the alternative perspective is that, well, okay. And so the idea of incarnating into. You disappeared. The idea yeah, sorry, no, my, my phone my phone interrupted me. Is uh, that is incarnating into this person's dysfunction? Is maybe uh, uh, here's a better, perhaps a better question. What okay. is the role? It's like I, I I see something broken in this system. 
right? Uh-huh. There's something, and when you say the sense of it falling apart, it's like, okay, there was a certain logic to how the group was functioning. I call it a logo, right? Okay. Is that they had these kinds of meetings, these members, and this way of doing things. And this thing happened where one person left, and it's sad that that person left, but it's worrisome right. that it implies that there's something in their way of being in the world that is broken. And if that's uh-huh. true, then that does mean that the whole system is it once the logos is called into question, then there is this existential risk that the whole thing will fall apart. Right. Right. Because if, if there's a loss of faith or, you know, there's a sense of, and not entirely disconnected from our previous, like, 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 what if the system is actually corrupt and this, uh-huh. this, this sign that something that there's a, a clear, obvious thing that, you know, but that is an exceptional event, right? There's lots of normal conflict. But if someone sort of opts out and leaves a group, that's exceptional, uh-huh. right? And right. that, and therefore, there's at least um, uh, at least a snark, if not a boojum, right? There's at least something here that could be an existential risk that could make everything slowly and silently vanish away, right? And so the question is, okay, in this circumstance, what is my role and what is your role? Yeah. And the idea is that, like, well, first thing is, like, okay, um, first is to realize this is exceptional. And the the second thing is, uh, at least for me, usually I tend to feel a sense of dread when a normal system falls apart because there's, uh-huh. like, like, I was focused on these nice um, high-level normal tasks, like, you know, what is the goal, what is the objective, you know, how do we express our problems? Like, like what was going to work yesterday? It's like, okay, how do we uh, get a line on what the problems are? How do we find the right words? How do we make sure everyone's clear? How do we make sure people are competent? How do we give them authority to do it? Like, those are all nice, normal tasks. But then uh-huh. when things fall apart, then when the second world, then it's like, okay, crap, I, I have to literally forget about all of that and worry about this crisis. And like that means like I have to invest a lot of energy. I have to change my mental state to incorporate all this information. I have to um, displace other things, and I feel this sense of dread, resentment, and frustration having to take on this burden. Uh, and frankly, I feel a sense of annoyance at the people for not just doing their freaking job and taking care of stuff the way that I thought they were supposed to. I don't know if you have right. any of those feelings, but I tend to have those feelings in situations like this. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I easily imagine having those feelings, but I'm not drawing up a specific map. Right. Uh, Do you feel a sense of sadness that like this group that seemed to be doing all this good is now at risk of not doing that good? Uh, no, um, I was. I don't. I mean, I. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not good at identifying what I'm feeling, but I don't feel like um, sadness is the right word. Um, I actually feel some anticipation because this creates a context for looking at things that normally don't get attention. And ah. That's the dynamic. So okay. That's, that's, and I'm I'm in contact with several others who have left. Um, and with enough relational capital to perhaps um, catalyze conversations that wouldn't happen otherwise. So right. looking at this opportunity. Okay, good. And, and so then, and I think that's a good, uh, in principle, that's a good place to get to is being excited. Um, the, I guess the, the, the tension uh, like, yeah. uh, that I feel is that there's um, um, or maybe this is the 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 well, let me just say what's what's on my mind. So the the the, the thesis the model I've been talking about is that the goal what is the what is your goal as you talk to people? I guess maybe that you know, what was this was this phrase? It was goal goal. Uh, uh, that was the phrase I had in, in the previous notes, was goals, roles, and souls. Uh-huh. And the idea is, what is the goal 
uh, of, you know, like, is the goal to get the group back together? Is the goal to learn? You know, what is the goal there? And then what is your role in that? And uh -huh. then the, the last is your, is what is the soul? Like, what is the, the heart of the thing that you must become in order to fulfill that role and accomplish that goal? And what I'm arguing here is the goal is to, is for people to see Christ. Right. Is that this is an opportunity for people, like the most important thing I say is like for people to grow closer to Jesus, right? Yeah. And right. when these things are blown up, the way that they, is that there is all this raw pain. And so rather than right. like trying to fix the system or fix people, the goal uh -huh. is to say, ah, you know, now that we're here, we're watching just find angels. Like you can't help a person until they're on their knees. And so there's this point of vulnerability here. It's like, okay, the goal is for them to see Jesus. And uh -huh. my role is for them to see Jesus in me, to see Christ in, in me. And the soul that I come up with, and, and, you know, and uh, to kind of wrap up this point here, uh, and I need to stop in a minute or two, is like, is to how do I relate to them not as someone like okay you guys are messed up let me come in as the expert and fix you to like i'm really broken hearted about this i am struggling to see uh like i'm desperate to see what jesus is doing here uh i want to understand what you're feeling and seeing so that together we can see jesus and i'm not articulating that incredibly well but at least that captures what I am trying to say. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think I can uh, apply brokenhearted to my feelings about this. Um, as I doesn't, you know, this was a person who came on a trial basis. They were there for two weeks. It's not a, like there was a lifelong commitment or anything. Um, I, I've been thinking of it in terms of, uh, okay, this is an opportunity to create a safe, to try and create a safe space to uh, where those involved can process things that they haven't figured out how to process together uh, toward coming up with their own better solutions. Not that I can fix anything, but that, uh, uh, you know, as we, that, they had invited me to join them for prayer every morning at 545 um, mm. and enjoying that. Um, it turned into reading scripture together and talking a little bit about that, uh, you know, a prayer as they started into the work day on the farm. So, um, I, but there, as, a, as I talked with one of the participants uh, who's not in leadership today, um, there, uh, there was an expression of a feeling of not being safe to really talk through uh, certain kinds of things. And uh, I think I have enough respect of the leadership and relational depth with them and with four or five others who have come in a similar and uh, come and left um, to be able to maybe create a context in, in light of some of the things I've learned about uh, my own relationship to my strains with my relationship in the home, my own home, that uh, maybe I can help to create a context where they can process things constructively and improve uh, the, both the sense of drawing closer to Jesus together, of being in unity about how to process things and feeling safe to um, work through issues rather than just run from them. Yeah, I think that's good. I think that yeah, I think that's a good goal, and it sounds like a good role. And I think it's the right soul, right? This is coming from, you know, the 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 struggles you have faced in your own family, and trying to, you know, not fix them, but trying to help, you know, use your brokenness, if I may use that term, as right. a starting point to help them see. Uh, you know, where things are broken, because if, if this is a wrong running thing, then usually people have, you know, strong defenses against seeing certain things. Right. 
And anyway, all right, I got to go run to my next meeting. Um, okay. Let me just pray for you real quick. God, I just lift up Robbie and this community who deeply and genuinely desire to know you. And we pray that they would see Jesus in Robbie and Robbie would see Jesus in them and together they would see what Christ is doing in this situation. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. All right. Bless you. Talk God bless you. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you.